You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block Ripping up fantasy stock Working around the clock Look at the view from the top Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods, yeah One in particular, I'm just a messenger Let me just pass on the rock Browning, brunning, bruning Pronouncing ain't what he's doing What he's doing is not losing But infusing you with new things And there's Dennis the Bennett Yeah the man is a menace, yeah. Building a dynasty, some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Mm. Slides a fox, cultured in pop. Give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box. And you cannot compare him at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire. I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Yeah. Fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey. Fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table. Whoa. Fantasy round table come take a look at the crown baby go what is going on everybody uh, today is a memoriam for everybody who had zeke in their lineups and are likely going to lose this week like yourself two points come on man come on man seriously it's so frustrating anyways two um i guess okay games yesterday they were somewhat entertaining for different reasons in the texans and the lions and the washington football team and the dallas cowboys we're going to recap that and preview the rest of the week 12 fantasy football slate dennis and matt are here with me how you guys doing today i'm doing pretty good actually i had you know it was just me, the wife, and the kids yesterday. I got to say, in my 45, 55 years, it was probably the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. Very nice. I had a pretty good uh, Thanksgiving, too. We, we saw my parents for a while. Uh, I watched pieces of the game enough to uh, realize that both the, both the home teams uh, failed to realize it was Thanksgiving and they were supposed to get a home team bump. So. Well, I mean, both the home teams were they're not great. They're not great. I think that, I think that's just, a, you know, the nice way of putting that analysis. And I, I was right yesterday. I picked both winning teams. So I'm, I'm I'm cool with it. I'm cool with it. Keeping keeping my picks lead going right now. All right. Let's talk about uh, the early morning game there. The Detroit Lions losing to the Texans 41 to 25 for Houston. Watson, 33 points. Duke Johnson, 17. Will Fuller, 13. And Brandon Cooks, thir- I'm sorry, Will Fuller, 35. Brandon Cooks, 13. 
Of course, uh, none of us thought Duke Johnson was going to do anything this week, and he goes off. What would your guys take away from that? Was David Johnson on the IR one more week at least, right? I think this is his third week on the IR. Okay, so yeah. Johnson could, can he, technically come back next week. What do you guys think about Duke Johnson's performance? Just this overall Texans, uh, Texans game here against the Lions. I mean, it was more of a – it just as a play that happened, that that touchdown. It's not like they – that's not something that's part of their regular game plan. Or we'd have seen it before week 11, week 12 probably. So I think the situation just happened to open up. That was the, that was one of the routes on the play, and he just happened to be the guy that was open. So I, I don't know nice if I'm. Though. I mean, nice it, well, he's he's good at that. Yeah. I mean, most I, I gotta say, most coaches, I'd like to think, having a weapon that does that. Uh, would probably incorporate it into the game plan a little yeah. more frequently than Houston does. Yeah, but you would think. Yeah, I mean, he didn't do much as a receiver, or I mean, as a rusher, only 37 yards. But our big, I think the reason that we had been fading him was because, uh-oh, something happened to you, uh, was because people, because he hadn't been catching anything. And, of course, he gets three receptions for 43 in the touchdown. As soon as I saw that, I was like, I Oh, never mind. Yeah. I didn't have him in my lineup anyways. DJ Chark just got ruled out of Sunday's game. I was, I was uh, not uh, not happy about that. But uh, he's, uh, yeah, not in the lineup that I thought he was in. Where was, you know, Z got me two points. So we'll get to that in a minute. Yeah, I mean, it, w- it was a great catch. Obviously, Will Fuller's the one who has the big day. It's kind of um, surprising. This is what we've been waiting for for Will Fuller for, like, what, the past four years now? Right, he's a he was a he wasn't a first round draft pick. So three or four years uh, when he got drafted out of Notre Dame, couldn't stay healthy. We saw the flashes. He's finally kind of putting it all together in his free agent year as well. So it'll be interesting to see if the Texans hold on to him if he goes to another team. But uh, he looks like he could be kind of a league winner for as late as he was going in drafts right now. And then Brandon Cooks as well. I think Brandon Cooks. These are guys I saw get picked up off waiver wires in some of my redraft leagues about three four weeks ago. He's been he, he's been kind of like the Corey Davis of the second half here. He's been averaging 13 points a game just for for a flex option or a wide receiver three. That's not bad right there. So this this Houston offense for the most part has really kind of come alive since the firing of Bob. Offenses that have not really come alive here is the Detroit Lions the past couple weeks. Shutout last week, just 25 points this week. Stafford 16 points. Peterson 17. Marvin Jones 11. I'm carry on Johnson 11 Marvin Jones 10 TJ Hawkinson 13 the Lions have kind of faded from the race with this loss what do you guys think happens I, I guess I should say next year what do you think happens this year at the end of this year is it cleaning the entire house how deep do you think that goes what do you guys think well you know that they, they have a new chairwoman and I don't know how involved she's going to be in decisions like uh upper level team management is she just a a a figurehead if so you know who's who who does quinn report to uh you know who's the team president at some point i I mean you gotta the team isn't playing for patricia and maybe uh i I get they they didn't have galladay they didn't have swift uh the running game actually performed fairly well yesterday but I guess the way I see it is that 
Could Swift have maybe done more? You know, they gave 25 carries to Peterson and carry on Johnson. So if you give 17 or 18 of those to Swift, is he going to get more than 55, 65 yards? I mean, Johnson had a decent game. He caught four passes for 52 and ran 11 times for 46. I I feel like he's probably the guy that's he's going to get one of those sort of extensions that is like the three or four two you know two year six million dollar seven million dollar extensions at the end of his rookie deal because I think he fits in real well with what DeAndre Swift does <coughs> at the I mean I I can't believe that Patricia hasn't been fired yet uh, but again I took a look at their coaching staff and nobody on their coaching staff jumps out to me as having had previous head coaching experience maybe some somebody had it at, at the college level but it's not like Houston they can fire Bob and and institute Romeo Cornell in there who's had a couple stops as a head coach and been a longtime uh, coordinator in the NFL uh, Patricia didn't build his staff like that and so I don't think that's something they can really do there so they may have to ride it out yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're going to see a lot of wholesale changes this year, but uh, they were already talking about preseason Stafford possibly being gone after this year. I would yeah. think um, it's it's the two interesting cases to me, which we'll talk about them in a minute, is Detroit and Atlanta, where you have kind of veterans and you have a core that on paper looks like it should be able to compete, just hasn't <coughs> hasn't come together. You know, I don't know that the problems for Detroit are all about Stafford, but it seemed like they were thinking about moving on from him already. What are they going to do? Obviously, they made a change a couple of years ago. We talked about from Jim Caldwell saying they, they thought they should be able to go deep in the playoffs, and they have not even looked like a competitive team since then. So they need some kind of shakeup in that organization, maybe changing the coaching staff will be enough. There have been some reports that people, you know, we've obviously heard from people who left Detroit that weren't real pleased with the culture and the atmosphere there. Uh, And we've heard from some people that maybe that's a reason they're not getting more talent, but something's not working. Yeah, I mean, I would be surprised if Quinn and Patricia are back. It kind of seemed like beforehand, I I know as as Dennis mentioned, they've kind of got the new – leader in charge of the football uh, football priorities or whatever you want, the football side of that operation. But I know it really seemed like in the offseason that uh, Martha Ford, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, really kind of hinted Martha. that uh, really kind of hinted that if, if those two don't get it together, this will be their last year. And so I, I obviously don't think they're getting it together. So this will be their last year. You know, I was talking with uh, Felix Sharp, who's one of the writers at the Dynasty Nerds as well. I do the Debbie Debate show with him. He was a big Jim Caldwell fan. And he kind of so, brought up, he's like, why did they fire Caldwell again? And I was like, because Mar- there's Martha two. Ford is the longtime owner. Sheila Ford Hamp is the chairman now. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah, I was, I, I, you know, I said the same thing. I think Matt, you and me talked about it a couple about on like a Thursday episode about how like Jim Caldwell was actually had a winning record his last year in Detroit, took him to the playoffs and got fired. So doesn't make much sense yeah. as for the staff or things. I have seen a lot of people saying that, that they might move on from him. 
I don't see how they do it until 2022. I mean, his dead cap hit would be 47 million this year and 24 million next year. That's a big cap hit to take. And I don't know who trades for him with that contract either. I mean, I you got to look around and kind of see where does he fit? Who who has the need? San Francisco could use somebody like him. Mm-hmm. It, you know, much, I don't the, know how much Capron they have. Yeah, I I don't, you know, I mean, let's be real. The cap isn't that just an illusion. <laughs> You know, uh, some, but I guess, yeah. So let's see. San, Fran- San Francisco could be a fit. Uh, Chicago. That would be, I don't think they'd trade him to Chicago in, in, in division. Uh, well, and he also, the Lions have been just good enough that they might screw themselves in terms of getting one of the top. I mean, if you can't get a top quarterback, you know, let's say you end up pick six to ten. I know you said this is a deeper quarterback field, but if you're not top top three, Stafford's by far not their only problem. You know, do yeah. you try to make? I think what's the most damning to me about Patricia is he was the defensive coordinator for a pretty good defense in in New England, and that's why they came. And they've had no defense since he's been there. Yeah, I mean, you gave up 41 points. Yeah. What do you think I mean, about uh, Stafford going to Denver? I mean, I, I'd probably take him right now. I don't think we have the cap either. I'm trying to see. I guess I could pull that up really quick. San Francisco, I would almost, because of Shanahan and his past, if if Stafford's available and Matt Ryan's available, I bet he goes to get Ryan. All right. So just looking forward at what is, again, this is without you know certain players they may cut or or take care of. In this offseason, actual leaders in cap, this one is kind of surprising to me, but I guess they have a lot of players that will be coming off uh, their total here in a minute. So you got Jacksonville at one, the Jets at two, the Colts at three, the Patriots at four. That might be an interesting fit. Uh, they have, mm-hmm. I was kind of, they're the one that I'm kind of surprised to see up at the top there. Washington, but I think they seem like they're really kind of set on bringing Alex Smith back. Uh, then the Bengals, Dolphins, Cowboys, Chargers, Buccaneers, and then Broncos are at 11 with 31 million. So those are kind of the, the top ones right there. Those are top 10. And then, like I said, them right there at 11. So there's a couple teams there. I mean, I don't think Miami does it. Dallas, Chargers. I don't think the Bucks do it with Brady there. So really, what are you looking at? I don't think Jets do it because Jets or Jags because they're likely going to go quarterback in the draft. So you're looking at maybe the Colts if Philip Rivers moves on. That might actually be a great landing spot. Fire up Michael Pittman and, and maybe Eugene Hilton will rise from the dead. So there's a couple interesting spots. That I, I, it's going to be curious to see if they do decide to move on from him too, what they can get from other teams. Cause you are taking a big cap hit and bringing him in as well. I don't know if teams will be willing to give up a first round pick, say for Matt Stafford, maybe a second in something, you know, I, I don't know. I think you're probably, it, you know, given he's what 33 years old now or something. Yeah. You're probably, he's had some injuries. You're probably looking at a third or fourth, maybe even a fifth round pick. I mean, hey, if I could get Matt Stafford for a fifth-round pick, I mean, the cap, it sucks. But, I mean, when I'm looking at this list, Indy seems like the perfect fit. I mean, 77 mil in cap room right there. I would take Stafford over Rivers Rivers in a heartbeat. And yeah. they've already got a Super Bowl team built around him. That might be a great, great landing spot. Sucks for all the Jacob Eason shares I picked up this year, but it'll it, be it, great for the goal. Honestly, it doesn't because Eason isn't going to be ready next year. 
Well, so, maybe not, but even if they forced him out there, that's that's points in the Superflex League that I could use. Because right. I don't play in very many Scott Fishbowl Leagues where I'm just getting destroyed by my crappy quarterback uh, picks there in that draft. All right. Washington beats the Dallas Cowboys uh, last night or afternoon, I guess, technically. 41-16. Uh, Alex Smith, 8 points. Antonio Gibson, 36. Terry McLaurin, 16. And Logan Thomas, 13. Washington is now the front runner in the NFC East. Do you see anybody catching them? Giants still can – well, they can tie them if they win this week, right? Yeah. And uh- – did the did Washington beat the Giants or did the Giants beat Washington? That's a good question. I think I, I think Washington beat the Giants, right? Because I think they beat the I Eagles. Will. They they have two against the Cowboys, one against the Eagles. All their wins have come inside the division. Wouldn't be no, be, no, because they won last week, wasn't a division. Yeah, game. the Bengals. Uh, no, they lost so they, twenty-three Washington. to twenty. That was that. That was the first game that Smith yeah. came in. Remember, he threw that pick right at the end when they were driving down the field. That's what it was. Yeah, so so that actually probably means the Giants would go on top of the if they win. But don't they have a they tough win. matchup? This oh, they play mind. the they're Bengals. Gonna they're gonna yeah. win. Never mind. I mean, I like Washington probably of the group of teams right now. Um, I kind of thought whoever won yesterday was gonna have a a good track to getting in, and mm-hmm. we know Washington beat the Eagles earlier this season. Could do it again. I think they're probably better than the Giants, but we'll have to see. They lost to the Giants twice. I'm sorry. I'm looking at their schedule now. And even more so, Washington is screwed. Let me just read their schedule for you really quick. Steelers, probably a loss. 49ers, I could see them possibly winning that game. But then Seahawks and then Panthers-Eagles, which I think both are toss-ups too. So. But Steelers and Seahawks, I would almost mm-hmm. say, are two losses right up at so right what's up the, the gate. What's the Giants? Giants here. I'll pull it up. But see, schedule. that's the thing. Now they have to get that one win over them because the Giants have the like Washington double yeah. up Dallas. Giants have doubled them up. So that's the they have to get that one extra win. Well, I think uh, we can all agree with it that Dallas is now out of it because they've yes. it's they've monster screwed themselves. So yeah. Giants is just as bad, actually. Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens, Cowboys. So neither one has a very easy schedule going down the stretch. I actually think Washington has more winnable games out of that than the Giants do. Well, and Washington has a, a better team. Yes. Uh, I mean, if if we're if we're being objective here, Washington has a better defense. Yeah, they give up some plays occasionally, they have some breakdowns. But that defensive line makes the back seven that much better. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're the number one rated pass defense going in. I couldn't name you – outside of Darby, I can't name you one other player in that secondary. So, so I, 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 that's why when we on, – on Tuesday when we did our show, that's why I picked the uh, Washington to win the division. I just yeah, think I was Smith you. is a smart player. Is he, he, He'll make the occasional turnover, but he's generally fairly cautious. Gibson – Big miss by me. I expected that uh, yeah. at some point next year he wouldn't, you know, be RB in the RB two range somewhere. I didn't expect him to come on like he he did this year. I I felt like just given the lack of experience, it was going to take him time to get comfortable uh, with the workload. So I was wrong. You know, it, it's going to be a great off season of regression for Antonio Gibson talk. You know, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but then you, and you've got Terry McLaurin and then Logan Thomas at tight end. So they've got decent enough 
skill position weapons that as long as the offensive line plays serviceable and, and then McKissick as a passing down back and, and the ghost of Peyton Barber popping in there is the change of pace. So I, I feel like the Giants, well, they're probably going to lose this week against or who they are next they're week against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I, yeah, Pitt, yeah. Yeah. I, I could see them running the table after that. Are you, are you fading McKissick at all? Because it seems like I was really I after, surprised after last night yesterday. Yeah. Because yeah, Barber came in and got a lot. Of well, I mean, I think it's fair to say everybody was, I don't remember just me personally. A lot of people say Antonio Gibson was going to be good this year. Everybody was worried about the touches that he didn't get in college. So I, I think it's fair to say he's kind of surprised everybody. I mean, if you were one of those people who got him, what late second, early third and rookie drafts, you're thrilled right now. I mean, I know people who got him in redrafts in like the 14th round because everybody thought it. I, mean, I was right there. I thought it was going to be Bryce Love once they cut Adrian Peterson. I was like, all right, let's go Bryce Love. And then no. So I I think everybody missed on him. But yeah, I think for me, after what I saw yesterday, I, I can't. McKissick will have some value just because if they have him out there on some third downs, we and Alex Smith, we know, loves to check down to the running back. But I think, I mean, Antonio Gibson, even the past couple of weeks, has been an RB1 for fantasy, and that's just going to continue moving forward. He's much well, he's like we just mentioned with the. Uh, yeah, I mean, much like we just mentioned with. Um, shoot, who did I just bring up a minute ago? Was it in the other game? I don't even remember now. Oh, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, who who got late in drafts, could be league winners. So is Antonio Gibson now at this point. Like those guys have been just extremely good down the stretch. Well, Gibson played sixty five percent of the snaps, and I would expect that to continue going forward. McKissick was at forty one, and the game script wasn't favorable to McKissick's game. Yeah, maybe it'll be better against the Steelers. Yeah, it could be. They'll be behind. I think Dennis froze up on us there, so. Yeah, uh, I don't know much. if that was the end of his points or not. So, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I think that what what he was saying in game script might be why we saw Antonio Gibson so much. They were definitely trying to just kind of run the clock out because even though the final score doesn't indicate it, it was a game for the most part going into the fourth quarter. It, well, like Dallas wasn't really playing well enough to be in that game, but they were still in it for the most part up until the end there. Um, on Dallas's side, though, Dalton twelve points, Zeke two. Cooper 23, Michael Gallup 10, and C.D. Lamb 7. You know, obviously, my tag right there, if you're watching live with the Zeke, why does Zeke suck thing, everybody's been talking about it last night and today. W- what are we doing with Zeke? I mean, Pollard, he, he looked good for the past two weeks in Zeke, and then all of a sudden it's back to that guy that looked just like disinterested in playing football. Pollard looked better than him on most of his runs yesterday, in my opinion. Uh, are you guys just fading Zeke down the stretch? Is he even worth starting? I think he's definitely moved to the RB2 flex spot, probably. Uh, you're not rolling him out there expecting him to dominate. Uh, you know, And part of that is the quarterback play, and part of it is the offensive line play. And You can argue, well, then he's not very good if he needs all of that. Well, I I would say most running backs need to have decent blocking and uh, decent quarterback play to to reach their full potential. Um, I like Zeke. I think he's going to be fine next year when the team gets healthy. If if they can stay healthy, uh, I I don't see the Cowboys moving on from him yet given uh, his contract situation. 
But yeah, this, I mean, every player has a year like this. I think it's what happens when you, what happens the season after? Can you bounce back? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be some questions. I saw a lot of people wondering if they're going to give Tony Pollard more of a look down the stretch. I think that might be fair, but the Cowboys in my mind after yesterday really have little chance of making the playoffs. Maybe you have to see who wants to actually be a part of your team. Um, you know, I made the joke when I posted on Twitter, how many people is Jerry Jones going to fire after this Turkey? You know, that this is a case of another team. We talked about Detroit where they fired Jim Caldwell because they thought that they needed to be better and go further. And they bring in a guy who has looked immensely worse. Yeah. I almost think the same things happened with Dallas. You know, maybe we're having a little more of an appreciation for what Garrett was doing with this team. Maybe it wasn't all coaching. Maybe there is some enigmaticness on the personalities. Their defense certainly looks much, much worse under Mike Nolan. Yeah. They don't look like they can do anything. And they have they brought in expensive pieces. They're a team that's pretty leveraged, you know, on cap space. They still have a lot of questions. They have incredible weapons, and then you see people mock drafting for them, taking like Kyle Pitts or something. You're like, do they need another receiver? They they can't block. No. No. Is it maybe they need to get some line pieces back healthy? You are right that it, you know Elliot didn't look super interested. Um, they last week um, was the first time he had had a run of more than 10 yards where he didn't fumble. Cause previously his longest run was a 20 yard one where he fumbled some fumble yesterday, just things that you don't expect to see from him. Don't know if he hit a wall or what, but that's another contract. They're going to have to think long and hard about, I would guess, because if people thought it was a little bit of a down year last year, this year's been immeasurably worse. Their whole team looks lost, though. I, I thought they were going to have a nice showing yesterday that they that win. It seemed like they had figured something out in that win against Minnesota. Coming back home, you beat Washington at home. They actually, I think, have a more favorable schedule than either of what you read for the Giants and Washington. But they seemingly have no chance. They just put themselves in a huge hole. Yeah, yeah, they needed to win that one. So, Zeke, what is it? They can probably, I would say, get out of it in that 2023 season is the earliest without the big dead cap hit. But, yeah, I saw a lot of people bringing that up yesterday that uh, that was kind of like the the dumbest contract move they've seen the Cowboys make in a while with, with re-signing him again. I, I can't say that because I think with the way their team was built, they're just not using him the way they were supposed to. And a lot of that comes down to what Dennis mentioned. You lost Dak and you've lost multiple offensive linemen as well. So, I mean, it's not like, geez, Even in that game yesterday, God, we were losing both players, of their but, tackles right. get hit. Yeah, Zach Martin was out on like the second play of the offense. Yeah. They had another offensive lineman, I think, went out right before him. Well, and so Martin they, was originally a guard that they moved out to tackle yeah. because they needed the help. Yeah, so I don't know how much I'm blaming this on Zeke. Like, it sucks. Obviously, someone who owns him, God, someone who rosters him, 
it sucks because you wanted more, especially like I said, when you're this close to the playoffs, if you're not a secured playoff spot, two points is going to kill you this week more than likely. So it is what it is. I'll be interested to see what he does next year. I know a lot of people were selling high on him this year. I don't think you're going to be able to sell him for even half of what I think he's worth at the end of this year because everybody's going to try and buy low on him. So it's one of those things where now I think you just kind of have to hold him and then hope that maybe he brings back some of his value next year and then try and move him if you really want to get out of the Zeke business. Yeah, I roster Zeke in a couple spots, and I was all on the sell Zeke, sell Zeke, sell Zeke train. I was successful with one of them, not successful with the other. So, and well, now well, I mean, it's the was... worst time to sell him, right? Yeah, his yeah. value yeah, this was been lower. Last yeah, I know. Season, yeah. But now, if you yeah. didn't make that trade, you kind of have to hold them and hope next year's better. Right. Yeah, well, and that's the thing. Like, he was good at the beginning part of the year, though. He was averaging like 14, 15 points a game. He was actually pretty good. It was just Dak is just as much as this hurts me to actually admit this, Dak is like completely just destroyed that team. He was clearly the glue that held that team together. All right, Friday preview time. We'll kick it off with the six and four Raiders at the three and seven Falcons. We've got Jacobs coming in at six, Aguilar 39, and Waller at two. The Falcons defense has been generous. Are we expecting a big day for the Raiders offense? Well, I think the Raiders offense is, has looked pretty good by and large. They have their hiccups here and there. Um, you know, I when I look at the draft they had this year, it really pains me to, you know, see Nelson Aguilar as the the guy you want to roster from that wide receiver core. Uh, that's that's rough. You think it pains but, you? How do you think Carson Wentz feels? <laughs> well, apparently he couldn't catch Carson Wentz's passes, so I don't know. Maybe Carr's passes spin slower or something. Um, I, I like Jacobs going forward, and, and against Atlanta, he should be able to put up some numbers. Uh, I don't think we're in for a 20-carry Jacobs game and a 12-carry uh, Booker game by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but, you know, Waller is a stud, and it, I think that Carr has shown he's, you know, he's QB 16-ish, QB 14-ish. So in super flexes, you can do you can do a lot lot worse than having Carr as your second quarterback. Yeah, he's been a very stabilizing presence, and he's been able to pass successfully when they've needed it. Those couple of games they've played against the Chiefs, he's he's looked pretty good. Obviously, Atlanta doesn't have a lot of defense. They looked completely flat last week, so I'll be curious to see if they bounce back in any way. Uh, this week, but I, I would expect the Raiders. So as much as it pains you this season to have to praise Dak Prescott, now for me, it's we have to cheer or we have to praise the Raiders. So 2020 just coming for all of our, uh, yeah, all of our sad places. Yeah, I mean, I'll be interested to see if uh, I think this is Brian Edwards' first game back. I'm not starting him anywhere, but I'd love to see what he can possibly do in this matchup here. It's obviously a great matchup for him to come back to. I'll be interested to see what he does, but Aguilar is a guy we've been talking about for a couple of weeks. He's what was, you just kind of have to figure out a way to put him in your lineup because he's he's been very – I mean, he's boom-bust, but he's been a lot more boom than he has bust here lately. On Atlanta's side, we've got Ryan at 15, Gurley at 20, Ridley at 9, Jones at 22, and Hurst at 11. Can the Falcons bounce back this week? Yeah. Ooh, oh, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I got another question, but I'll wait till you answer that. Well, I – 
I think given the talent they have on offense, any given week they can they can bounce back and have a good game. But I think Gurley was missing from practice today, and he's kind of dinged yeah, up. And Julio, Julio has the hamstring, and so you know the Raiders' defense is is pretty good. They're not, uh, I guess they're they're not elite by any stretch. But if if you don't have Gurley and, and Jones is hobbled. Uh, that's going to create some issues for Ryan. So uh, I, I would I, I don't know that I I don't know that they're going to bounce very high if they do bounce back. Yeah, but hopefully they'll look better than they did in the second half against the Saints. I was also going to say as a, a little correction, Brian Edwards has played uh, the last three games. He appeared in Week Nine, Ten, and Eleven. What? Edwards has played in the last three games. Oh, I thought he was out. My bad. Well, you would think he was out because uh, he has his performance ca- hasn't caught yeah. a lot, but he did actually play. I went to go back to check because I was pretty sure I played him somewhere and was sad about it. Um, but, you know, the Falcons, the big question is, can they block any better? Because last week they were just getting murdered up front, and that really kept them from being able to run or have Ryan have enough time to find anyone when he was connecting with Ridley. He looked okay. But I think you're right. Jones kind of banged up. I still think Gage and uh, Olamide Zacchaeus are a little bit enigmatic. And obviously Hayden Hurst. (laughs) Speaking of sad sad spots for you. I know. I mean, he can't do any worse than he did last week, right? Uh, if if Gurley doesn't play, who you guys following, firing up? Is I don't even know if Edo Smith is still healthy. Is it just Brian Hill for you? Yeah, Brian yeah, Hill but that's and that's you know flexish desperation kind of play. Even you know he might he might be RB three upside, but that's about it. I I mean I hope he's out. I'm not even lying. I'm playing a dude in a, one of my main dynasty leagues where I need a win. Doesn't always check his lineups much after he sets them. He's got. Todd Gurley and Kalen Garbage in his lineup. So I'm hoping for the best. I'm hoping he forgets to check him before Sunday. And we're gonna go. Is Balaj hasn't been ruled out though, right? He was just he's was limited. Doubtful last I saw. Uh, yeah. Gosh. Uh so Dennis is picking the Raiders as am I. Who are you taking, Matt? I took the Raiders too, yeah. All right, so we're all on the Raiders. Next up, the three and seven Chargers at the seven and three Bills. We've got Herbert coming in at six, Balage at twenty eight, Allen at four, and Henry at five. Uh, had we've we've seen obviously all the reports that Eckler may be coming back. Uh, there was a lot of talk he may come back this week. I doubt it happens. I think at best we see him next week in week thirteen. He's the only one that seems to be talking about coming. That, back, is, true. that he, is true. He keeps posting video after video saying, "Hey, I'm ready. Rehab's going well. Hey, I'm ready." Yeah. And the team. Oh, who's Austin Eckler? But if he does come back, say, next week, uh, do you think that Balazs has done enough to earn himself a role? Because we've seen all the other running backs are hurt outside of Balazs and Kelly. Uh, has Balazs done enough to earn himself a role next to Eckler, or has he just kind of moved back to the bench? I think for sure they're not going to kick him back to the practice squad because that was the after his first kind of big game when it looked like Jackson, might, uh, he reverted back to the practice squad. I It seems like he's definitely landed himself ahead of Joshua Kelly on the depth chart and probably ahead of Troy main Pope. Uh, they still won't have Jackson for a while. I think even when Eckler was in there, they like to mix in other uh, running backs um, and Kalen 
Bellage is probably a little bit bigger. It's a little bit of a blow if he ends up hurt and missing this week because I think he needs another solid week. But it might be a little – to me, he it's a little more likely to have – someone is a little more likely to have a meaningful role alongside Eckler than, say, a Mike Davis and Christian McCaffrey where we saw kind of when McCaffrey was back and going, Davis wasn't really a factor. He just comes in when McCaffrey's gone. Yeah, I, I would I would I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a little bit of work here, especially at least in week thirteen. I don't think they just throw Eckler out there for eighty percent of the snaps in his first week back. So yeah. I expect him to get worked in slowly, meaning Balage is going to get a lot more work, but he's not a guy that I would feel comfortable playing once Eckler comes back, if I'm being honest. I think he's kind of for fantasy wise, he's moving back to my bench once Eckler comes back. Unless I'd rather take the risk of not of having him on my bench and having him go off for 13, 14 points because he gets enough play uh, than putting him in my lineup and him getting you like four points and, and then you uh-huh. just kind of get screwed. Well I feel like he'd be super touchdown dependent. Uh, yeah. For being able to be even flex worthy because you know, even if he's coming in and getting carries and getting 30 or 40 yards, which is unreasonable catching one or two passes, maybe that's not enough to make him flex worthy, especially as we're entering a season where all the teams are back playing and you don't have major buys. Um, you'd have to hope that in that 30 and 40 yards, they put him in the goal line and he pounded his way into the end zone. <sighs> Week 12 no. is about to just decimate all of us. I don't know if you're no. seeing all these updates coming no, out. No, I, I turned good. notifications off. We're on this is not good, guys. This is not good. All right. Uh, well, I'll just save it for the games. But I'll, the okay. one thing, because it's going to be a little bit of weight, the Rams just closed out their thing amid a bunch of new positive tests. They just closed down their facility. We just had three other players. One is not ruled out, but with the injury they just specified, I don't feel like he's probably practicing. I'll just say MVS, Achilles injury, did not practice yeah. following mid-practice injury. Uh, and then you've got uh, Salvan Ahmed has now just been ruled out as well. He will not be playing, and they don't know if they're going to be able to bring back Miles Gaskin off the IR yet. So, yeah. Matt Breida. Great times, great times. On Buffalo's side, we've got Allen at four, Diggs at seven. Buffalo is tracking to win the AFC East. What do you, what do they need to do to be contenders in the AFC? Yes, yeah, see, I think they're really good in their division. But if you, if I was pressed, to me, they're they're third at best. I might have them behind Tennessee if Tennessee can get their act together because they have a little more experience, and I like. I like what Josh Allen has done. I think they've been a good story. They have a decent defense. I don't know that they're on the level with the Chiefs and the Steelers. I would need to see something a little bit more. And I know they have that game coming up with the Steelers. I think that's going to be a good uh, test to see where they're at and what they've got. Um, they've been a good story. They seem like they, they've got a really good shot at, at winning their division. I mean, Miami is there, but... Um, you know, I think if they keep doing what they're doing, they'll, they'll win there and they'll, they'll be a decent seed. I can see them winning in the wild card round, but can they take that leap up and match yeah. blow for blow with some of the top ones? We need to see a little, maybe a little more consistency because they had a period there where they started playing some stiffer competition and sort of ebbed down. You know, and I think that's got to be the fear in the back of a lot of even fans' minds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the one thing I will say is I I was very encouraged by the way they played against Seattle and Arizona, who I think are two of the better teams in the in the NFC. Now they beat Seattle, Arizona. Yeah, but, they lost Arizona. A, but they lost on a fluke play. But I mean, that, seeing Patrick Mahomes can do that. I mean, look at what happened to the Raiders. That some that some of that 
difference between being a good team and a playoff team and yeah. being a, a true contender, you know, you can do a lot. The I was one, encouraged by the Buffalo against Arizona, but it does yeah. give me pause. The one thing that doesn't give me pause as much with the Arizona game is they don't have a Hopkins. He can't throw that up to Tyreek Hill. That he could throw it up to Kelsey, mm-hmm. but they don't have. I don't think Demarcus Robinson's catching that with the way that Hopkins did. He's, he had the two guys all over him. I, I don't trust many receivers to be able to go up and get that ball like Hopkins did. That that's my one big difference on that. Now, mm-hmm. Mahomes can still drive down the field in forty seconds, as we've seen, and beat you in other ways. So I'm not saying that they can't do it, but. For me, it was very promising to see them play that way. It does look like their defense has been playing better as well the past couple weeks, which is huge. That was kind of the biggest thing I think that hurt them earlier was their defense wasn't playing as good, and and Josh Allen, I felt like, was trying to do too much, and I think that was making him look bad as well. Uh, For me, I am picking the Bills to win this game. Uh, Dennis has picked the Bills as well. What about you, Matt? I am also taking the Bills. All right. Next up, the three and seven Giants at the two seven and one Bengals. Uh, for the Giants, we've got Gallman at twenty three, Ingram at eight. Uh, we already kind of talked about this with the Giants and challenging for the NFC East. It does seem like it's going to come down between them and Washington. Yeah. They have to come schedule. out, and they have to come out, in my opinion, and make a strong statement in this game because yeah. you're talking about a Bengals team that is very shorthanded and was demoralized. You have to come out and start winning the games you're supposed to win and look like a competent team. They haven't always looked yeah. like that. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those games you have to win. This is that game that, you know, this is a team you should beat on paper and in real life. You have to come out and beat them if you want to try and win this division. On the Bengals side, we've got Geo coming in at 22 who is dealing with his own concussion issues. We do not know for sure if he will be able to play. Uh, and then Tyler <laughs> are Bowen, we up, you know, what are lineups going to look like this week? We were so excited because every know, every team's playing. Yeah. You know, now I, am I going to regret that I didn't play Duke Johnson even more? <laughs> Oh, I know. I was looking at mine. I had um in one of mine I had Brandon Cooks and I sat him because I had what I thought was gonna be a better lineup. Like I went, who did I put in over him? As I was I thought someone I thought I had Charkin. I started Allen Robinson, Deontay Johnson, Michael Pittman, and then I had Jonathan well, Taylor and Giovanni Bernard. Bumping or forcing the Ravens to forfeit and you lose oh, that yeah. game, like Oh, I know. I don't even know. Oh. I like it's Jalen Rager who's going to be replacing Deontay Johnson now because I, I lost out on Brandon Cooks. Like, that's the worst part about this. That could be so. worse, though. Rager against Seattle might not be terrible. Mm, you know, yeah, that may be true. I don't know. But <laughs> the way Carson Wentz has been playing, I don't think that's great news for Rager. But, yeah, Geo Geo's the one we have to watch, her, though. In concussion protocol, it does seem like they're leaning toward him being okay and being able to play, but that hasn't been confirmed or denied. So that's we've got to watch. And if Bernard's out... I'm just going to be honest. It's just Boyd for me. I, I'm not firing up Samaj P. Ryan and hoping that he's going to help me win my Week 12 matchup. I'm, I'm sticking with Boyd, but we yeah. thought no, – go ahead. I mean, the sad thing, you know, Higgins had looked good, but I'm with you. We're fading him out. AJ Green, you're fading out. Sample had a one-game sample size where you got excited, and that's been it. It's It's not great. No, not at all. So we all thought that there was a likelihood that oops, hang on. Now there's something else is the biggest thing can help. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Gotcha. That's nothing, not big news. Just that Joe Mixon's likely not coming back anytime soon, which we kind of talked about last week. Anyways, I, why would you, why would you waste? Yeah. Obviously their lines still not very good, which was the problem for Joe Burrow. 
if you think Mixon's uh, your future, which you invested in, I would hold Mixon out and uh, hope to come back together. He's not coming back. I, from what I'm reading here, they they sent him to the IR to shut him down. Hopefully to yeah. allow his foot to heal surgery may be the only option that he's not coming back. He's done for the year, was what I'm reading from that statement right there. So. Which, I mean, makes the most sense for everything. Yeah. Uh, oh, poor Dennis. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, so anyways, uh, Brandon Allen, though, who we saw, you know, I can't say much about him. He beat the Browns last year, so... That's uh that's that's the awesome part about that. So Brandon Allen is starting in Cincinnati this week. We thought it might be Ryan Finley. Uh, are you at all, you know, does that change anything for you again outside of really just starting Boyd? Ryan Finley was pretty bad last year and he was pretty bad coming in relief. Um it's still a mild surprise because he was, you know, a draft pick. Uh you know that they're trying I would get that if they were trying to see what they have, but maybe maybe they've seen enough of what they have, which makes you wonder is he even worth keeping as a backup at this point in time if you're you're not happy. I mean, there's he's saying Brandon Allen's going because of his time with the Rams and familiarity with the system. Okay. I saw Brandon Allen last year with Denver. He was okay. I'm not expecting yeah. a lot from this Bengals offense. I think they're probably going to be deflated because of what happened to Burrow. Anyway, that seemed to let the air out of the sails last week. I don't know what it's going to do this week. It's kind of disappointing because <clears throat> record aside, they were actually a decent team to watch, especially in the yep. passing game. You know, we had seen some good things with Higgins. Boyd was coming on even AJ green at times. And I just don't expect, I think this is going to be a borderline horrific game to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we talked about it when the Burrow injury happened. For me, it ended up coming down to now just Boyd. I think this kills T. Higgins' value. I mean, I wish it wouldn't because he looked like a guy that, again, you scooped off the waiver wire that could help you win with the way he was playing and putting up points. I think it's just Tyler Boyd now. Uh, And with that being said, I am taking the Giants to win this game. So is Dennis. Who are you taking, Matt? Definitely the Giants. Man, we are all on the same team today. Not a whole lot of uh, controversy here. These aren't a whole lot of uh, super competitive looking games so far. All right. Next up, the Cleveland, the seven and three Cleveland Browns at the one in nine Jacksonville Jaguars. For the Browns here, we have Chubb at four and Hunt at fourteen. Cleveland quietly putting together a win with an or putting it together with a nice schedule. Are they a lock for the playoffs behind Chubb and Hunt? I think so. I, I think they have a pretty decent schedule and they've really got that running game going barring like, I think we saw their struggles came when Chubb got hurt yeah, and they couldn't rely, but with those two guys really powering it, uh, it hasn't, they haven't missed OBJ as much as we thought they might because they've been able to lean on the running game. I think you'd miss that if you got hurt and we're coming into the time of the season where you really want the power running game because of the bad weather. I mean, the last three weeks, it's been perfect. They've had terrible weather in Cleveland and they've been able to just massacre people by running all over them. So you gotta be pretty excited. I am, um, you know, again, I mentioned it the other day, I think it was on Tuesday when me, yeah, the, the early Tuesday show, we had a Browns fan in here talking about that. This feels like a trap game to me though. This feels like that game we should win. The Browns historically have never played good against Jacksonville in Jacksonville. They just always seem to lose that game. So 
I am a little bit worried about it. Uh, you know, we lost Denzel Ward, Miles Garrett. We've got five other players that went on the COVID IR the other day because they've had a little bit of an outbreak there in Cleveland. You know, it helps that Chark is out for the Jags. Uh, they've got Mike Glennon starting. So it's a game the Browns should win. And if they want to make the playoffs again, just like we talked about with the Giants a minute ago, the Browns have to win this game. This is a winnable game on their schedule. They need to go out there and win it. I, I do think that they will. That's who I'm going to pick because yeah. uh, I believe in Stefanski and what he's been doing with this team. But I, I don't think it's going to be a a like a a blowout for Cleveland. I think it's still going to be a close close game here uh, for Jacksonville. The only guy we felt comfortable starting even before the Chark injury was James Robinson at ten. Uh, what are you expecting now from Mike Glennon with Chark and now Conley as well being ruled out? Not much. Uh, you know, it's really unfortunate because uh, I love Robinson, but the strength of Cleveland's defense had been kind of against the run up front. Yeah. I know they're missing some pass rushers and some some people up front because of COVID too, uh, but I think they're going to have to lean on Robinson even more. Isn't LaVisca Chenault still injured too? Um, I will look. I don't know. I know for sure Keelan Cole was like the guy everybody was talking about. Let's see here on Chenault. Yeah, well, if Conley's gone, Westbrook we know is already on IR. If Shark is, is gone, questionable with a hamstring injury. It's Chenault. Yeah, so. so that's kind of a lot of pressure. Jacksonville hasn't looked very good. I'm sure they're gonna try to go it down. Might be a sneaky Tyler Eifert game. Yeah, I mean, Cleveland was susceptible to the tight ends earlier in the year. It might be the only pass story they have. Tyler Eifert, shockingly, has been the healthiest member of the receiving core for the Jaguars. Yeah, well, you know, maybe it's just that Cincinnati medical room like we talked about last week or Tuesday. I keep saying last week. It feels like a whole different week with the way this week has played out. But, uh, yeah, I'm taking Cleveland, as is Dennis. What about yourself? As am I. All right, so the seven and three Titans versus the seven and three Colts. Massive game for these two teams here. We have Henry coming in at five, AJ Brown at eleven, and Johnu Smith at nine. What do you? What do the Titans need to do to beat the Colts this time? I mean, play better. They they were that first game was a Thursday night game, and it seemed like they were they were up and in a decent position, and they just fell apart. Um, that was a game where they couldn't get a lot of passing going. I think they need to be able to throw the ball a little more effectively, maybe use Corey Davis. That was the one game that we've seen Davis play this year where he goose-egged. was just uh, they couldn't get the ball uh, to him. They barely got the ball to you know Brown uh, and Henry uh, and Smith. So I think they just – They've got to get their offense going like we've seen it going in a few of these games. If they get bottled up and they can't get things going, I think that's where they're going to run into a hard time because their defense isn't as dominant as it has been in years past. Yeah, and I mean, I know Brown, we kind of mentioned it again on Tuesday. This was the game where he had the drop touchdown pass as well and the drop deep pass, so he could have had a much better game. Janu. You know, we'll see if he's okay. He injured that ankle again last week, and I know they're saying that he's been practicing and is likely going to play, but they, as I've mentioned multiple weeks now, they keep using it more in the blocking game. It seems like they're using Ferks or more in the receiving game. John is, is very touchdown dependent for me, so you almost have to get that touchdown for him to come through for you. On Indy's side, uh, Taylor coming in at 17 and Pittman at 24. Uh, Taylor obviously started to come on last week after everybody started Naheem Hines because that was the report that Hines was going to get all the carries. Uh, do you think that he yeah. can keep it going this week? 
I hope so. I mean, the last game uh, against Tennessee wasn't very good for Jonathan Taylor yeah. either. Seven carries for 12 yards. I think that was the one where Hines ended up exploding. Yeah, you got three um, touchdowns, I believe. Yeah, so I liked what I saw last week. It seemed like that was closer to what we had expected we might see uh, from him with this team. It's just do you trust the player rotations and play calling for the Colts? I think if they yeah. get up and they're dominating the game or it's really close and they're trying to keep it close, you'll see more Taylor. But if they're trying to go out there and, and get going. Hines seems to be the guy, you know, he's obviously been much more likely to be the passing, the bigger, bigger passing threat, even though Taylor hasn't looked bad when he's had the ball thrown to him. It just seems to be kind of the roles they're sliding into. Yeah. I, I am honestly worried about this game because I'm not sure if Indy wins this, and so I think that's what they have to be doing for Taylor to get more and more work is be leading and him getting the ball. You know, my biggest thing, and that I argued is why I was the whole Marlon Mack thing kept coming into discussion earlier in the years. That Taylor is a volume back; he needs that to kind of get that mo- that momentum going, kind of like Nick Chubb in Cleveland. And I think that was the biggest problem. Everybody kept talking about, well, Taylor wasn't running that well. Well, they really given him like two carries and then nothing for a quarter and a half and then two carries. We saw it last week. He didn't start out good, but then after he started getting carries and more carries, he really started getting it, hitting the holes and everything. He's a back that kind of wears you down. I don't know if he gets that this week. I just don't. And so if, if Tennessee ends up jumping up on him, I, I think that it's going to be Hines going back out there. So it's, I mean, we have him at 17, so for me, that's a, a flex play, and that's where I'm playing him right now. As a, actually, I have to play him as an RB2 because I lost Swift, obviously, uh, with, a, with a concussion yesterday. But it's one of those things where would I be surprised if he put up another 20 points like last week or whatever it was, 13, 15 points? No, but would I be surprised if he puts up another two? No. Like, he, he's – his his variant, variance and outcomes is ridiculous right now. I hope that they continue to give him the ball, but – I don't think that they will because I'm going Tennessee. I think Tennessee ends up coming back and winning this game. And so if that's what I think, I think the game script points more to this being a Heinz game with the Colts being down. Dennis is picking the Colts. Who are you taking? I'm taking Tennessee. But so here's a here's an interesting quandary that I'm facing. I'd be curious your thoughts. I have two two receiver spots and two and a flex that I have to choose between for running backs. I just I played Gibson which was good. And I decided I was going to play Davis, uh, Mike Davis, Mm. but I have Tyler Boyd, AJ Brown, Jonathan Taylor, Michael Thomas, and Chris Godwin to choose from for, and like right now I'm thinking of taking Boyd out just because I don't trust Brandon Allen and probably sitting Taylor and playing Godwin, Michael Thomas and AJ Brown, but I don't, I don't know if I feel great about it. That's probably where I go. I mean, we saw Thomas and Hill had that nice connection. And then my thing well, with I am playing Taysom Hill as my quarterback. So I want that. The, the, the one thing I think works in Godwin's favor is I do think that while the Bucks haven't looked great the past couple of weeks, I, I do believe that Tom Brady tends to play up for these big games with them going up against the Chiefs. 
I don't expect them to get blitzed like New Orleans did to them because I don't think the Chiefs defense is quite as good as the Saints. Uh, so I think that they will be passing the ball a lot. And we've seen that that secondary can be had. So I'd go Godwin. I think I'd try to find a way to get Godwin in there. So I would sit Taylor. Just because I, I mean, the same. I think you could say the same thing about Godwin, though. You really could. So that's where yeah, it's I like I don't. Well, I forgot to have Michael Pittman too, and it was. Ooh, I might go Pittman. I got Pittman high in my ranks this week. I was kind of surprised he only came. What did he come in for? Ours twenty four. See, the one thing that worries me about Pittman is he had the big game against Tennessee, but that was because of one big play. He got that big touchdown play. Outside of that, he didn't do much against. Well, uh, same last. The same last week, he had a huge touchdown play, but they, he had three receptions. He only had three targets that kind of. Let's see. Cons- where's, there we go. I was trying to pull up my rankings really quick. Where do I have him? I have him at 12 this week, so I'm high on him. I think, I, th- yeah. I mean, he's getting targeted more than Hilton. I think he's, I think he's kind of become the one for Phillip Rivers. And, you know, the one, the one thing we can say is Tennessee's secondary is pretty bad too. So I, I might go Pittman, but that's. I am. I've been higher on him the past couple of weeks than some have been. So, all right. Next up, we've got the six and four Dolphins at the zero and ten Jets for the Dolphins. Parker coming in at twenty six and Gasecki at twelve. Um, if Tua plays, which it looks like he's going to, but he is dealing with the thumb injury, do you expect him to bounce back this week? I think he'll look a little better. I mean, the Jets don't have a lot going for him. So I think he will uh, look a little better. Um, I still am a little bit surprised that they're saying it was just for performance because he was banged up coming into that game. He looked like he got hurt right before they took him out, and he still looks like he's hurt. It's interesting that they're standing by. He was removed for performance reasons. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't think that they – I can't imagine they pull him again if he starts to play bad. I don't think he'll play bad, but you know, you're. I understand that they're trying to make the playoffs for the first time, and I mean, it actually hasn't been that long because Ryan Tannehill did take him to the playoffs not too long ago before he got hurt. I think it was in week sixteen or seventeen because he didn't get to start in the playoff game. Uh, but I, I can't imagine they're going to continue to pull him if he starts to struggle. So I, I think Tua should bounce back fairly well against this bad Jets defense. Uh, obviously, I just mentioned a couple minutes ago as well, Salvan Ahmed is out here. Are you firing up Brita, or could I interest you in a little bit of a sexier pick, in my opinion, the running back out of Navy, Malcolm Perry, who's also See, a right? slash wide receiver as well. He's both. I was going to say, I thought they were playing up at wide receiver. He plays both. He was a running back in college, and he can play both. He's a very much like Antonio Gibson. Not talked about as much as I think he was a seventh-round pick by the Dolphins, where obviously Antonio Gibson was the second or third, whatever the Washington picked him at. They they used uh, Breida quite a bit last week. I would expect him and Patrick Laird probably to be the guys that, that, that split the – uh, rushing game work there. If they don't get Gaskin, that's the interesting one because he was eligible to come back this week, right? Yeah. But we, it didn't seem like they were going to, but now with Ahmed gone, you got to wonder, like, just about the time you you pick up Brita or you slot in uh, Malcolm Perry is the time that they activate Gaskin. And you're like, well, that happened. Well, so that's going to be the curious thing because I did see when obviously the the Ahmed news came out. There was a I guess someone had talked to Brian Flores about it, and they were saying they don't know his status right now. Like they'd like to activate him, but they don't know if he's going to be ready to go. So that's something you need to watch. If Gaskin's good to go, I'm firing him up. I mean, he was good obviously mm-hmm. before he got injured, but I'm I'd be. 
I don't know. I, I'd be hesitant to. I just. I don't know about Brita. I know they were using him, but I just. I don't know how. But the I way it's tracking him. with all these injuries and stuff, it could end up being a uh, rough position this week. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, Perry's a guy that we've seen. I mean, he scored a touchdown last week. Did he? I think he might have scored. He's might have already scored a couple touchdowns right now. Let's see here. Up. Oh, oh, sorry. I had a. Nope, never mind. He did not. He's only gotten three points the past couple of weeks. So, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I liked him coming out of Navy, but I don't know if he's – if Matt Breed is gone and you're struggling with injuries and possible um, cancellations of games or forfeiture of games, like we're looking at with possibly Pittsburgh and Baltimore, you might not be able to do much better. Uh, on the Jet side here, we've got Gore coming in at 35, Crowder at 47. I mean – Sam Darnold's going to be back. Are you playing anybody on the Jets? No. Yeah. I'm Not if I can avoid it. I mean, the only one we had been interested in was Pirine, and he was supposed to get a bigger workload, scored a touchdown, got knocked out. Now he's on IR. I don't even think he's going to come back this season. One of those receivers will probably have a decent game. Good luck picking. Crowder possibly is more interesting because he and Sam, when he's played with Sam Darnold, has seemed to be better but yeah the jets, the jets are a mess and the dolphins have a pretty decent defense yep yeah i'm avoiding everybody i just i don't it's not worth it uh and i am taking the dolphins as is dennis i assume you're not yeah. taking the jets yeah no, so that, that's what i think all right four and seven panthers at the four and six vikings we've got mike davis coming in at 12 dj moore 17 robbie anderson 25 uh, curtis samuel 37 will the passing game success continue this week for the panthers yeah, Minnesota, not uh, known for their passing defense prowess. I would say it's a good week to fire it up. Looks like Teddy's going to be back, but even if he's not, yeah. P.J. Walker uh, looked pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm firing up all three if I can. I mean, I, I mentioned it last week. I think for me, at least, Curtis Samuel is uh, moving past Robbie Anderson. I'm firing up all three of them and even Mike Davis. Even though that, that Minnesota defense has been better against the run, uh, Davis does enough in the receiving game. I think I think this is actually going to be a good game for fantasy players, not necessarily a good NFL game, but a good overall game fantasy-wise. On Minnesota side, Dalvin Cook coming in at 1 and Justin Jefferson at 10. With no Thielen right now, are we expecting a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook? Yeah, and I don't think Thielen can come back, right, because he actually had a positive test. Now. Well, it was a positive and then a negative, so I don't know how that works. I don't I don't know if that counts then as a positive, so now you have to go five straight days again, or if it was a, I thought it was a positive and test, then a negative. If you got a positive test, you had to go 10, 10 days. I don't know. See, that's what I don't know, because they said yeah. they tested him twice. One was a positive, one was a negative, so I don't know which one they're going off of. He's... I've pulled him out of all of my lineups just to be on the yeah. safe side because I don't know what they're going to do with them. But I wouldn't be surprised if come Sunday morning we find out Adam Thielen's tested negative five times, whatever they're playing him. So I just don't know. I've pulled him just to be safe. Carolina had been susceptible to the run anyway, and that's really where Minnesota's at its best. So I would expect Alvin Cook's going to have a pretty huge day. Uh, and then, you know, their pass defense hasn't been incredible. They – so I, I think Jefferson will be okay too. Yeah, I think Jefferson will be uh, will be all right. But I'm definitely leaning Dalvin Cook. I'm trying to pull up who I picked in this game because now I can't remember and I accidentally closed it out. Uh, Dennis picked the Panthers. Who did you take? I took the Panthers as well. 
And I took the Vikings, so we'll see how that well that uh, works out for me. Next up, the six and four Cardinals at the four and six Patriots. We've got Murray coming in at three, Kenyon Drake twenty one. Oh, there we go. Devontae Adams is practicing right now, so that's good news for us Adams uh, Adams guys that are, who who roster Adams because there was a lot of concern he may not play. Drake at twenty one, Hopkins at two, Christian Kirk at thirty two. No Fitzgerald this week. He unfortunately tested positive for COVID. Can the Cardinals get a big win on the road against the Patriots? Yeah, and I think this is the evolution we need to see for them to really solidify themselves as a playoff team. You got to win games you should be able to win and you got to get some kind of signature road wins because we saw earlier in the season they were looking pretty good and they went out on the road in games so you thought they should win and it didn't happen that should happen again new england has been fading pretty hard i if arizona doesn't win here i think that really has to give us a moment of pause thinking about them as trying to be a playoff team I know we all have Hopkins high. I'm a little worried that he's going to – I don't want to say bust, but I, I'm a little worried Gilmore. he's not going to have a good game. Yeah, well, so here's the thing because I'm going to be honest. Obviously, I traded him earlier. We've talked about it, and I didn't really think much about it. And then someone brought up to me, they're like, dude, you – like, it was such a great idea for you to trade him when you did. And I was like, I don't understand. I was just trying to move him because I wanted to get some extra pieces back. And then they brought up his schedule. Just let me let me read his schedule to you really quick because – he has Gilmore this week. Then he has Ramsey and the Rams next week, who we already saw pretty much shut him down. Then he gets the Giants, who I, the guy's name is jumping Brad out of my Barry. head. Bradbury, who shut down some of the better wide receivers as well. Then he gets the Eagles and Darius Slay. Then he gets the 49ers and then the Rams again. So he actually has a pretty tough schedule. Now, again, it's DeAndre Hopkins. I'm not saying he's going to put up two points every single week. He's a guy who can he will make your day with a touchdown, obviously, but – I'm wondering if maybe we don't see those like 20, 30 point outburst games that we saw earlier in the season now going on down the stretch. He's not a guy you can bench, uh, but I'm I'm a little worried about him maybe coming in at two. That was kind of I saw yeah. that and I ranked him there too. And I'm gonna be honest, when we redo our rankings, I'm gonna do mine probably tonight and watching some of the college games. I think I'm gonna drop him down in my rankings just a little bit because I do think Today or this Sunday's matchup against Gilmore is not easy. I, I don't know if I'd have him quite that high up there, especially with the way that Kirk has come on as well. Like he Murray or Murray has now got another guy he can throw the ball to with with the way Kirk has come on. Uh, on yeah, oh, go ahead. But reading that schedule also is even more reason the Cardinals need to win this game. Oh yeah, yeah. Two of the Rams in there. Yeah, the Eagles game. You know. I think the Eagles Giants are probably both winnable, but 49ers, I mean, that's the thing. With divisional games, you can never be. The divisional Eagles games and are the Giants tough. are teams that are going to be pushing for the playoffs, too. So, oh, yeah, yeah. David, you know, they've got to win some of these games if they want to solidify themselves. Uh, on New England's side, we have Cam coming in at 12 and Harris at 25. The Patriots are currently the 11th seed in the AFC right now. Can they get back into the playoff race? I'm going to say no. You know, they're actually sitting behind Denver, and I think Denver kind of played themselves out of it. I think New England, that win against Baltimore was promising when they came out last week and lost in Houston. I think that ended it for them. Yeah, I'm with you. I've, I've kind of, I mean, me and you were not really on the Patriots bandwagon to begin with. I know Dennis was. Uh, I don't see them coming back, though. I think I had them at six and something. So Six and I 10, only had probably. Him, yeah, and so I only tra- had him winning two more games. So. Yeah, they're tracking toward a, 
a six and ten, maybe seven and yeah. nine. That's not going to be anywhere near good enough. All right, I am taking the Cardinals to get this one. So is Dennis. What about yourself? I'm also taking the Cardinals. All right. Now, for this game, we still don't know if this game is going to be played at the moment, but as of right now, it is scheduled for 1 o'clock so, Sunday. Let me ask you, if it yes. doesn't go ahead, do they do they add an 18th regular season week or do they force a forfeit here? Because they already so, know in Baltimore's case there was malfeasance. Yes. Um, I don't know. I would think that they're going to do everything they can to not forfeit the game because of what it causes the players, because it's also going to screw the Steelers players and the fact that they don't get paid if they forfeit this game. Neither team gets paid regardless of who gets forfeited. That's that's the bad thing about the new uh, contract that they signed because of the COVID season. Yeah. If they forfeit, Baltimore doesn't get paid and neither does Pittsburgh. So I kind of feel like they're going to do everything they can to get this game played. Obviously, there was a lot of talk that they may try and do what they did with Buffalo and move this to a Tuesday, but then you're readjusting an entire schedule because Baltimore plays Thursday. So we'll see what happens. I do think they're going to just make Baltimore play Sunday, regardless of who they have out, because and in fairness, all the Steelers players have been pointing this out. They made San Francisco do this and didn't move back the game at all. Back, what was that, four or five weeks ago where they had to throw and out their, like, the their C team? Yeah. yeah, they had to throw out their C team, and they got destroyed, and they still made them do it. So I don't understand why they're not letting Baltimore do this. I think – Especially I, in a case where it was your own – Yes, exactly. I mean, they've already basically come out and said, yeah, this was a, an idiot that is part of our organization yep. caused all this. And and the thing that I really don't like is I feel like Harbaugh is trying to like force his hand with the NFL and be like, hey, we're shutting down till Monday, which obviously they play Sunday. So I wonder if that's like a him saying, hey, we're not going to be able to do anything, so you're going to have to do something with this game. I think that they should be forced to play. I really do. I don't care how bad the team is you threw out there. This is on you for what you did. Like I, because it's not yeah. fair to the Pittsburgh team to now not be able to make to be paid because well, you guys did something stupid. And did you see the crap that got floated last night too about are yeah. are they going to adjust week thirteen and put Steelers Washington on Thursday night and move oh, yeah, Baltimore yeah, Dallas that. to Sunday? Yeah, you can't keep screwing Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh. who has done nothing. Yeah. Pittsburgh got screwed in week four. Pittsburgh got screwed, and to find out this week, you know that Mike Tomlin had already told him, "Hey, we're going to get our bye week this week after we play Thursday night. I don't want to see you till Wednesday." And now that kind of went out the window. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not the biggest uh, Steelers fan, and even I'm with you. Like they've they've been getting hosed with some of this COVID stuff, and it, it isn't fair to them. So at this point, I think Baltimore is just going to have to suck it up. And the one thing I'm going to hate too is I can't wait because if they do play this game, they're likely going to get destroyed, and then the Ratbirds are going to come out and cry and woe is me. It's not fair, you know. We'd be still in the play because this is a huge game. If they lose this game, which I don't see any way that they do. It, it, with all these players being out, like their playoff chances are severely hurt, especially with uh, Lam- Well, no. Oh yeah. Because if they keep the game on Thursday, I don't think Lamar can play Thursday either. No, because he can't. He just, yeah. So he, that's would, he would be games. out for two games. Let's and go. I love there's, it. There's I mean, a I'm, chance that they can't. Uh, no, I get it. There's a chance they, they don't actually even beat the Cowboys. Cause yeah. no, no, Guarantee Dobbins comes back. They're also missing quite a few names on defense. Clays Campbell, they're missing some offensive linemen. I mean, they're missing a lot of people, and they may not have reached the bottom yet. 
I should say, I don't mean let's go as in him testing positive for COVID. I do hope that he is okay. I don't want any health issues to happen to any of these players. I mean, a let's go in because if they continue losing, my Browns have a better chance of making the playoffs. So that's the only thing I meant by that. I know some people will take that probably. The no, but I mean, that was the big blow where, from where he tested positive. Yeah. Was you're at least 10 days and. Yep. No chance. Yeah, that's that is going to be huge. So uh we do have Edwards coming in at 19 and Andrews at three. It will be um RG three as the quarterback, Trace McSorley I might as knock the backup. Andrews down a little bit though. Yeah, I probably will too. No, McSorley's um, on uh, McSorley's on COVID. They said too. that he could come back though, because he it, he's been on there for a couple weeks now. So it's that I believe what they were saying is he'll be elevated in time to be the backup if needed. Um, with with no Jackson, no Dobbins, no Ingram, no Campbell. I mean, again, you mentioned they're they've gotten killed with this, and again, their own doing. We talked about this. I think it may have been on or off air. I don't remember mm-hmm. uh, the other day that you know their staffer had symptoms, showed up to the to, to the facility, was walking around into different rooms of the of the football team. Is separate no mask, rooms, no mask on, nothing. That's on them. Dude should have not even been allowed to get into the building showing symptoms. So I mean, again, I'll point this out because I brought this up about Clemson. Um, on the Debbie debate podcast that really pissed me off about Dabo Sweeney complaining about this the way John Harbaugh did. It's like, oh, Florida State canceled our game. Uh, you know, woe is me and everything. No, you guys had an offense, a backup offensive lineman test positive, and you decided to let him fly on the plane with you to Florida State and practice and was going to be at the game who had already tested positive for COVID. If I'm Florida State, I don't want to play you either because I don't know now how many players might have COVID due to a backup offensive lineman that you don't even need being there. Send the dude home. Cleveland did that with Miles Garrett, who is arguably an MVP discussion, in my opinion, and the defensive player of the year. Dude said that he just didn't feel good. Stay home. Don't show up to the place. And then he didn't test positive till four days later. So they didn't even know he had COVID. If you handle it the right way, you're going to help yourself. In my opinion, like Cleveland has, in my opinion, like a lot of these franchises have, Baltimore did this to themselves. I don't feel bad for them one bit. I really don't. And it has nothing to do with the rivalry part of it. On Pittsburgh's side, again, if they do play, we have Ben coming in at 8, Connor 11, Deontay at 12, Juju 31, Claypool 21, and Eric Ebron 13. Uh, the Steelers seem frustrated, which I think is a good thing. I, I honestly think this is going to be a blowout. I think Pittsburgh is going to take them behind the woodshed like they did Tennessee back when Tennessee yeah. kind of screwed them. It's going to be great for us in fantasy, uh, but not great if you're a Baltimore Ravens fan. Yeah, that's kind of those the impression I was getting to the the kind of frustration and anger boiling over. You know, we when we did the Thanksgiving preview, I mentioned I thought Juju may end up not playing because he's been banged up. He was one of the first people to comment. I now think the other way. He is definitely playing, and he's gonna be like, "I'm ready." Uh, so we already talked about this, and again, it's still early. It's Friday. Anthony Lynn came out and said that there's a likely or a good chance that Austin Eckler plays Sunday versus the Bills. So there we go. Austin Eckler may be back Sunday. Just pay attention to it. Again, I, I don't know. Again, it's Friday. He could just be saying that. We'll see what happens. Well, but, uh, well then you see Balazs. Maybe it's not tracking to play, and Anthony Lynn's like, I can't, I can't go into yeah, the game. Again, we'll yeah, talk to Kelly. 
They said the other day he was doubtful again. I'm really hoping that the dude I'm playing in my dynasty league who believes Twitter is the worst thing in the world keeps Balazs in his lineup. I hope they don't rule him out till late Sunday morning and he forgets to switch him out. All right. Uh, I am taking, though, Pittsburgh to win this game, as is Dennis. Yes. What about you, Matt? Yeah. yeah. All right. Saints 8-2 and two at the 4-6 and six Broncos. We've got Taysom Hill coming in at 9, Kamara at 2, and Michael Thomas at 8. Uh, we did see Denver's defense play really good against a surging Miami team last week. How do you think that Hill and this offense will do against Denver this week? I think they'll be okay. Um, I think they they have a pretty good offensive line, and um, Hill, a little bit of a different kind of quarterback. They have some very dynamic weapons. Um, you know, I think Denver will play them tough. But I think they'll be just fine. Yeah, I mean, look, I like Tua, but uh, Tua cannot run the way that Hill can. Hill Hill brings a little bit of a different dynamic to that offense, and I, you know, I, I'm with you. I think they'll be just fine. Uh, the biggest one I think it hurts, and we talked about it on the Tuesday pod, is is Kamara. I would like to see how or if they get Kamara more involved in the passing game this week than we saw last week, uh, because I don't think that he finishes his RB2 with just his running back production. I really don't. He looked like one of the best wide receivers in the game playing running back the past couple weeks. Can Taysom Hill still bring that to him? That's going to be what I'm watching in this game. Uh, for, for Denver, we've got Gordon at 29 and Noah Fant at 10. The Saints defense has been hot of late. Do you think they keep it going this week, or can Denver break through? I do not trust Denver. Yeah. Uh, you know, Denver playing Atlanta got – bottled up and we saw what uh, the saints did to Atlanta. So I don't have a lot of high hopes. The saints defense has really kicked it into high gear the last couple of weeks. And Denver's offense has been very uneven. Uh, I hope that they can, you know, get some running game going, but that's actually the hardest thing usually to do against the saints. Uh, Locke's been a little uneven, I think this could end up being a pretty rough game. Yeah, I, I am. I'm with you there. I don't. Uh, I, I just don't. I don't, I don't think that they're going to get blown out, but I, I do think that they're going to be kind of held in check, especially with the way the New Orleans Saints defense has come on. They have not looked like the fantasy, yeah. uh, the the fantasy bonanza that they were earlier in the year. They they really have kind of locked teams down here. I am taking uh, the Saints to win. As is Dennis. What about yourself? Yeah, I took the Saints. All right, the four and six 49ers at the seven and three Rams. Mostert, who is likely going to play, coming in at 33, and Brandon Ayuk back off of the COVID list as well. On or Mostert wasn't on the COVID list, but Ayuk was at 35. What do you expect out of Mostert in his return? I hope he comes back and is running strong. They've needed kind of a little pop in the running game, which you didn't think you would say, um, but. You know, with Mostert, Coleman, and uh, Wilson gone, they they weren't getting a ton. And then Hasty guy and I got knocked out. I don't think uh, Jarek McKinnon is enough of a running game threat. And I think they really had had some of their best offensive momentum when Mostert was there, kind of running hard, and McKinnon was there as a complement and doing a lot of passing work. So maybe if they can get those two back working together with a with a better receiver in Ayuk, we can see a little bit of uh, pop from the 49ers offense. They have Jordan Reed out there too. Um, you know, maybe make it a little bit more exciting. Yeah, I'll be excited to see what he does. Obviously, the Rams is not a great team to come back against. They've been pretty good against the run, but he adds a different dynamic that uh, really uh, Jamichael Hasty. 
I don't even remember who else they've been running out there at the moment are, are going to really help him with help them. So it'll I think be it was mostly uh, McKinnon, McKinnon and Yuzchuk. That's right. A couple of weeks. Means I got to bump McKinnon out of my lineup too. More than likely, I forgot I had. Him. I think I still have him rostered in one. Um, on to uh, yeah, and I like Ayuk. I'll be excited to see him back. He's he's a guy that I love the way they use him, whether it's in the running game or passing game. I might actually bump him up just a little. Uh, maybe not because I forgot Rams and their second. There's actually been pretty good too. Goff and he'll probably 16- get James Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's not going to be great for him. Uh, Goff at 16, Woods at 14, Cup at 16. Uh, we've seen them kind of really using these running backs by committee here in Brown, Akers, and Henderson. Which running back for the Rams are we betting on in Week 12? I'm not betting on any of them right yeah, now. There hasn't been enough volume, and it hasn't been enough uh, touches. I mean, you'd have to gamble and hope you have a touchdown. I don't think that's a great bet. It's hard to handicap who would even be the best touchdown. We've seen all three of them used interchangeably in the red zone too. There isn't defined roles. Uh, it doesn't seem like, yeah, you know, super strong defined roles. So I, I think that backfields to stay away for the time being. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I mean, I don't really roster any of them anyway, so I'm steering clear of all three. If you had to pick one, who would you play? Probably still Henderson. Yeah, that's where I am leaning as well. I am taking the Rams to win this game, as is Dennis. What about yourself? I also took the Rams. All right. Nine and one Chiefs at the seven and four Bucks. We've got Mahomes coming in at one, CEH 16, Tyreek Hill five, Travis Kelsey at one. Can the Chiefs keep it going against a decent Buccaneers defense? I think they will. You know, may not be incredible heights but they they face some decent defenses it's very hard to bottle up everyone that they have i mean even last week we finally saw levy on bell get into the end zone uh for the first time they just it's not even just their first wave they have other waves they can put in it looks like watkins might be back this week too which just gives them another option and we've seen you know the bucks defense has been decent but you can score against them we saw what woods and cup did on monday night uh so you know, I like Patrick Mahomes just a little bit more than Jared Goff. Sometimes. Only a little bit. I, th- I think I like him a lot more than Goff. So, uh, you know, maybe we may vary on that a little bit. But, yeah, I'm with you. I don't uh, – you know, we've only really seen one defense really kind of stymie this offense, and that was the Raiders. And and so I, I haven't seen anybody else really play the Chiefs that way. I, I think that they're going to be fine, whether it's – you know, I'm with you. I don't know if everybody goes off in this game, but I would think if it's going to be it's going to be CEH and Hill, or it's going to be Kelsey and Hill, or it's going to be Kelsey and CEH. I don't know if all of them go off, but two of them will uh, for sure, and you have to just kind of play all of them because KC is just – I mean – with that dude back there at quarterback, there's just no telling what that team can do offensively. You can't sit any of them. On uh, Tampa Bay's side, we've got Brady coming in at 13, Godwin at 19, Evans at 20, and Gronk at 6. What are you expecting out of the Buccaneers? You know, I mentioned earlier, really seems like these are the games that Brady really kind of comes up for. Uh, Chiefs defense is not quite as good as it was earlier in the year. They can be beats on the ground in the air. Not that they have any really good running backs in Tampa Bay, but what are you expecting from this offense? Yeah, see, that's the unfortunate thing. The best formula that we've seen to kind of hold Kansas City in check and give yourself a chance is to control the ball and power running game, which is not the 
strength of Tampa Bay. In fact, their running game is seemingly regressed. I, you know, if they committed to Ronald Jones, maybe they they could do that. The other thing you can try to do is make it a a track meet, and that seems to be more likely what we're going to see Tampa Bay try to do. And I think that's where you get in trouble because. Tampa Bay has a lot of weapons. They can score a lot of points, but they've also seemed prone to mistakes. Brady has not seemed like the, you know, uber protect ball protector that we've seen in the past. Even in that game on Monday night, he made some confounding throws. He just maybe didn't see or wasn't expecting. I don't know if they're totally in rhythm with all these receivers. So Tampa Bay would be better served trying to play defense and trying to grind it out on the ground, but that's not really their strength. And I don't see them being able to do that. In which case you basically have to try to outscore them, which we saw the Raiders try that on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it almost, almost, but I mean, that's the thing. If if you leave any time left, can't even leave two seconds. You've got it. You basically have to be the last one with the ball. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean that'll that'll be the big thing is that we've seen Ronald Jones have a couple good games. Can they get him going against this defense and help them kind of keep Mahomes off the field? Uh, I don't know. I'm going Chiefs because I just I don't see it happening. I, I think Tampa Bay will keep it competitive, but I'm taking the Chiefs. Dennis took the Bucks. Who are you taking? I'm taking the Chiefs. Uh, really quick. So Giovanni Bernard is questionable for Sunday's game against the Giants. According to teams Friday's injury report, Bengals coach Zach Taylor said he felt good about Bernard's chances to play this weekend, even though he was out Wednesday because of the concussion. So things looking up for Giovanni Bernard at the moment. Sunday night game, the five and five bears versus seven and three Packers. We've got David Montgomery coming in at 16, Allen Robinson coming in at 15 and Jimmy Graham coming in at 21. Looks like Mitch will be back and, Oh, wait, wait, no, Nick Foles is trending toward playing. Actually. They said that he is likely going to be good. That was the, uh, I know that was, there was a lot of talk. Mitch will play if, if Foles is out, but I, I'm thinking, it. I think I, Nick Foles had, hang on. Be he, cause he didn't practice at all on Wednesday and Thursday. So it looked like he was trending toward missing. Okay, no, you're right. I'm sorry. I mean, I was misreading. I only read the top part of the tweet. So what this is saying is uh, he is yet to practice this week because of his back. I thought he hurt his leg or his hip. Here. Hip, hip, hip. Okay, because of the hip. But all signs point to Mitch Trubisky, who has taken all the reps this week. So Mitch Trubisky will be back in the fold. That sucks for Allen Robinson. Um, you know. Can it suck more than what we've seen the last couple of times Foles has gone out? I mean, I mean it Foles does it matter? A lot. No, it doesn't. Al Robinson's screwed regardless. He'd probably have a better chance with me out there at quarterback, and I would get killed. So, yeah, it's it's not good. Uh, the he one thing I will say. And Mitch was his quarterback. Yeah. Mitch doesn't not target him. It just. Well, the one thing I'll say, and also because I know the biggest thing we always look at when the Packers, they're playing the Packers, is Jair Alexander, who he'll be back this week as well. But Allen Robinson's actually had his number the past couple times they've played each other, so I'm not worried about that. We'll see. I mean, again, we have him at 15. I probably wouldn't lower him much more anyways, knowing Mitch is going to be there, but I'm not expecting a huge game from Allen Robinson because he'll likely have Alexander on him most of the time. And whether it's Mitch or Foles, I don't see it being a boost or really even hurt him any. He's just kind of unfortunately screwed with with crappy quarterback play. Yeah. The Bears offense, uh, until further notice, does not does not impress and Robinson probably even tougher if he's got Jair Alexander. Yeah. 
just got to hope that they keep losing and they're able to at least draft a decent quarterback. But they'll probably trade up and take, like, I don't even know, someone <laughs> well, like Brock they're Purdy kind of, out of Iowa State. So. They're kind of in no man's land because they're the yeah. eighth seed in the NFC right now. Yeah. And the teams kind of below them don't seem to be uh, on a super winning track. They're probably going to end up middle of the pack for draft picks. On a uh, green Bay side, we've got Rogers coming in at seven Jones at three and Adams at one. Or do you expect a big game from Rogers and the Packers in this one? Bears defense has still been pretty good all year long. The only thing that's really kept them in the playoff race. Well, and Adams Jones banged up MVS banged up. So I actually am now trending toward thinking this could be a tighter uh, tighter game, which might be a bummer because this is our Sunday night football game. Yeah. It's already a little bit of a bummer seeing the Bears offense, but if the Packers offense is a little bit stymied, my God, I hope Adams plays because you're right, an Achilles injury suffered in practice really doesn't sound that promising for MVS. And so uh, let's could- see. They just listed him as questionable for the Packers, and they did list Nick Foles as doubtful as well. That just popped up for both of those. But, you know, we, without Adams, this offense has not been incredibly impressive. Yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about it uh, Tuesday. They're saying that he likely will play, that he's leaning toward – he practiced, or no, we just talked about it earlier. I'm sorry. He yeah. practiced. He's practicing right now. So if you're practicing today, I would think you're probably pretty good to go. So that, that will be huge for them. Uh, I am taking the Packers to win this, even if Aaron Jones was yeah. out, or I'm sorry, if Adams was out, I'm still taking the Packers to win. Uh, and Me as too. did uh, Dennis as well. So the Monday yeah. night football game, seven and three Seahawks at the three, six and one Eagles. <laughs> We've got Wilson coming in at two Carson, 15 Metcalf at three and Lockett at 13 Carson's first game back. What are you expecting out of him? I mean, hopefully it seemed like they waited to make sure he was he was going to be healthy and in good shape. So I'm hoping that he comes back and puts up, you know, solid uh, high end RB2 numbers. Yeah, I mean, whenever he's out there, they give him the ball. So I'm with you. I think you can expect at least RB2 numbers, if maybe not even a little bit better with the amount of injuries we've seen this week and, yeah. and everything going on. So, Carson, if you've got him, you're firing him up. Philly side, Sanders at 8, Ertz 14, Goddard at 7. Ertz retracting to return. What would this mean for the Philly offense, and can they still make a playoff run here in the NFC East? They can still make a playoff run. They have the most brutal schedule probably of any of those teams in the division, and they're the ones that have looked the worst. Wentz seemed to be at his best when he was working the tight ends. We saw Richard Rodgers and Goddard kind of have decent days last week. Um, I think Ertz is probably a step over Richard Rodgers. So if you get Ertz and Goddard back, um, they were talking about even sometimes playing all three of those guys out there now, uh, which makes you kind of wonder what they're thinking about their receivers. seems like Travis Fulgham has kind of disappeared. Um, we haven't seen a lot of consistency from Rager. They got Alshon Jeffrey back. We haven't called his name. Greg Ward hasn't done much of anything. seems like they really like the, the Titans. He's just, you're just getting terrible news over there, aren't you? It's just horrible. We'll save it uh, for a minute because it's going to be so, something we we'll have to discuss. I don't think it'll do anything but help uh, to get Ertz back. And, and maybe yeah. the big question is, I think this is a – Really pivotal game, as we talked about for Carson Wentz. If he continues to look 
bad and struggle and they lose, we know that they're already going to be, you know, if they win, if they somehow pull out a win, they're right back in first. Yeah. And they're still, you know, they're still going along. But if they lose, they potentially are third in their own division because we think the Giants might win too. And they still have a brutal schedule and they might have a lot of questions. All right. So I am with you. I think that uh, having Ertz back is only really going to help out possibly a guy like Rager. And and I'm not still starting Rager, but I'd like to see how this works out. Wentz uh, has always targeted Ertz. So maybe this helps kind of boost Wentz's performance as well. I am taking the Seahawks as did Dennis. What about yourself? Yep. Seattle. All right, so I guess it's good that this news dropped before we closed out the podcast. Raven Steelers is being moved to now Tuesday night, so that has already been confirmed. So that's going to obviously not just change up the schedule for this week, but everything next week again is Ravens were supposed to play Dallas mm-hmm. Thursday night. There's no way that they play that two days after playing mm-hmm. the Steelers, so we'll see. Maybe we go back to, again, another Thursday night football game this week uh, like we saw them do back when I think that game actually happened with the Bills and um, was it Bills Chiefs that they moved? Yeah, they had no Thursday night game that week. Yeah, so we could be looking at no Thursday night game for for week 13. You know, uh, again, I mean, at least it looks like this game for sure is going to get played with them moving it to Tuesday night. I would think that's possibly good. So, I mean, you still can play all your Steelers. This will not allow any of the Ravens players to be back. So you're still looking at the same thing we broke down earlier, you know, for commissioners, but, hand, handle it however you want with everything, because there is still a chance that this could be forfeited. So, I mean, might mean Lamar though only has to miss one game. That is see, true, that's man. what happened. Cam Newton, when he got COVID, looked like he was tracking to miss two games, and because of postponements, uh, managed to only you know he managed to only have to miss one game, uh, which worked out better, I guess, for him too. Yeah, a lot of questions, you know, for the league where they end up, you know, this will have ramifications, like we said, into week 13, because one of their options they had discussed is pulling Pittsburgh and Washington up to Thursday night if Baltimore couldn't play, but that's not going to happen if Pittsburgh's also playing on Tuesday night. And how pissed must the Steelers be? Oh, I'm sure they are absolutely livid. When did uh, Dobbins and them test positive? Was it Monday? Yes. So I don't, I don't know that they come back for this week, uh, but you know you have to watch because, like you said, with Adam Thielen, you know, depends on how these, <clears throat> you know, positives and everything are working. I would say they're probably all still out. Same yeah. deal. They're everyone's still going to be out till Tuesday. They're out for Tuesday, but it now might make them, you know, whereas they had <laughs> we're supposed to have. Sunday and then play again the following Thursday, you probably would have seen all of them out. Maybe this gives them a chance to get at least a couple of those pieces back for playing Dallas. Oh, gotta love it. Got to love it. Yeah. I would honestly think with the way that is, there's, I would think we're just, we're moving more toward a no Thursday night game in week 13. I don't, I don't think there's well, any way. They unless they're, unless they're going to jerk two other teams around, I don't see how they can do it. And now yeah. you're talking about less than a week. Notice that you would be playing two games in five days. Oh, yes. Yeah, I don't think that they'll be able to. I think because that was the reason why they had the Thursday night game the way they had it was because you had Dallas and, and Baltimore both playing. Technically, were supposed to play last night. So they still had their full week's rest going into this week. I'm trying to see who. 
So, I mean, if you have a pre-scheduled Thursday night game, all, every team usually has to play one, yeah, <clears throat> one game on short rest. But I don't know. Oh know, nope, can't do that. I was going to say Washington Steelers because they, but no, Steelers are going to be playing Tuesday. Well, night, that's so. why they talked about that as a potential, Jeez, man. Yeah. Uh, potential pull up, which I thought would have been unkind to the Steelers because you're talking about. You know, because the Steelers didn't didn't end up playing on Thursday. So let's I mean, if you're looking at the schedule, they they will have a couple teams out on by. I don't know. He Houston plays in week 13. Uh, They play the uh, Titans. No, uh, they play a division game. I can't remember. Colts Colts. That was what I was. That was who else I was looking at. Yeah, I I, I would think it's. I mean, I really think that they end up just with no. Yeah. No Thursday game, which is so. unfortunate because I think we're coming almost to the end of the Thursday. Yeah, night I think they schedule. go to fifteen, isn't it? Week four. It's usually week fourteen or fifteen because the last couple of weeks they don't have Thursday yeah. night football. So fourteen shows a Thursday game. Let's see that fifteen because fifteen they have a bunch of Saturday games. So I bet yeah so- because of Christmas, yeah. Uh, no, so week 15 does have a Thursday night game, the okay. Chargers and the Raiders. So they still have a couple of weeks of Thursday night games left, but that's, I mean, it's schedule roulette. And uh, yeah, I hope they, I do think you have to watch though, because so many people are going to have Steelers in their lineup. If it gets closer and the Ravens continuously don't have tests or don't have, you know, continue to have positive tests. I don't know that you can guarantee even on a Tuesday that they play it. And yeah, once you get past Monday night, you don't have options. Are we going to be in a situation where we have to have people designated for replacements again? You know, as yep. commissioners, well, I know how, how fun that's been. Yeah, that, that's why you've got to address it today if you're a commissioner. I mean, I, I don't think you can change it, though. Like, I've done that in my leagues where I've said, hey, if the Tuesday night game again, we were lucky that it's only happened the one time. But I've said, hey, if this happens, you need to designate your players by this time, and I'll switch mid if the game gets postponed or forfeited. And I'll do the same thing again because it sucks again. I mean, me and you commission a bunch of leagues. It's a lot of work to go in and do, but it's a weird year. We've got to try and give everybody a fair shot at this, and that's probably the only way to do it. Um, But if you've been saying all year, no. I'm in some leagues where the commissioners have said no. They're like, you treat that as a player who's going in with an injury, and you don't know if they're going to play or not. It's the, it's the risk you've got to take. I would think that it's not going to be forfeited with them pushing it to Tuesday. And they've already said that the, the Ravens won't be in the facility at all, but that also doesn't mean some of the players might not have through contract tracing, whatever possibly got COVID and haven't tested positive yet because they still have to get tested the next couple of days. So it's, yeah. it's going to be a cluster to begin with just, you know, hope for the best commissioners. If whatever commissioners are listening again, dress, address it today. Cause we just got the news address it now so that your team or your league knows what's going to happen. And it's a horrible way to end out a podcast, but me and Matt will be back on Monday. Good luck to everybody this week as we're one week away from the end of uh, the fantasy regular season. Me and Matt will be back again on Monday uh, to recap all these games and probably hopefully preview another football game, I guess. So, yeah, I guess the, you know, the Steelers and the Ravens just want to see how many times we can preview their game. Yeah. We've done it twice now. Yeah. And for sure it's going to happen again on Tuesday. (laughs) 
Yeah, oh, yeah, because there's going to be all kinds of issues. I'm sure there's going to be more players either out or whatever, so it's, we're going to have to talk about it probably on Monday and Tuesday, so it's going to be wonderful. You know, I think you just want to spend a lot of time thinking about the Steelers and the Ravens. I really don't. I really don't. Good luck to everybody, and me and Matt will be back again on Monday. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on there. Do you got your pop on there? I came out the wall already. And he's hit the end zone! Touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? Me.